Hello everyone. Does my voice sound weird? It probably does. Or maybe you're new here and you've no idea what my voice sounds like normally, but I did lose my voice a little bit, so bear with me, okay? The normal interview was recorded before this voice loss and I will sound much chirpier. But anyways, let's get into the episode. My name is Noam and I'm your host. I am so happy that you're here. Okay, let's address the elephant in the room. I'm a week late with this episode and I hate to say it, but I was too busy okay i said it i said it on my story that week or last week last sunday i was too busy last weekend i did not have good time management and i let my responsibilities slip away from me but you know what i didn't beat myself up about it and that's what i want to talk to you guys about so obviously this podcast is called you are not too busy you are not too busy to do well anything in your day and for me i'm not too busy to start a podcast you are not too busy to listen to something to in increase your knowledge on a topic you guys know what i'm saying so that was the whole like mantra of this podcast however i had to admit that i was too busy last week and it's just a reminder to don't be so hard on yourself all the time i mean we always talk about like the 80 20 rule with diet right like eat 80 percent healthy and then 20 percent whatever you want right i totally believe that too but we need to talk about 80 20 in life 80% of the time, you are not too busy. 80% of the time, you are on top of your schedule. You are your most productive, best self. 20% of the time, you forget. 20% of the time, you're too lazy. 20% of the time, you just don't want to. And that's okay, as long as you maintain that other 80%. And no one's life is as perfect as it seems on social media, mine included. Of course, I want to motivate you guys. I want to show you the things I do to keep myself on track, motivated in terms of my health, in terms of career, so on. But there's obviously times where that's not always the case and anyone who doesn't tell you that is lying to you all right well moral of the story is i'm sorry that i'm a week late with the episode but we're here today with a raspy voice but alas we are here so how are you guys doing how have the past three weeks been i feel like it's been so long so much to catch you guys up on I'm currently on my family medicine rotation and I'm truly just thriving. I absolutely love it. Um, I kind of knew that I would. I knew it was something that I'm interested in, but it's really reaffirmed that it is something that um, works for me, works for my skills, works for my likes, interests, so on. Um, I definitely didn't go into medical school thinking I wanted to be a family doctor. I kind of brushed it off, thought I wanted to specialize. But the more I get into my medical training, the more I realize that I really value treating people holistically and as a whole unit. So even if I don't know all the details about every topic like a specialist would on the heart or a specialist would on the brain, I can integrate it all and make sure that the patient feels good. So for example, let's say a patient goes and sees a cardiologist, a heart doctor, and they prescribe the medication for their heart. And then they look at all the the tests and the graphs and all that, and they go, oh, the heart looks perfect. The patient's cured. But the patient comes to his family doctor and he says, yeah, they gave me this medication, but I've been so dizzy that I can't even get up. Is he cured? Is there a quality of life there? No, right? Maybe he needs a different medication. How can you optimize that? Like, I really like the family doctors have the ability to make sure someone feels well, not just that their individual organs look well. So I'm really enjoying it. I also love the lifestyle. I like the independency of working in a clinic. And yeah, it's it's really reaffirming my interest. I can't confirm or deny what I'm going to end up specializing in. But as a date approaches where I need to make that decision, family medicine is climbing that list. But that's my little personal update. It is currently Saturday. 
Saturday. It is the weekend and I am having quite a fun weekend. And that brings me into my energy giver. My energy giver is spontaneity. It's a big one and it's an umbrella energy giver at the moment. I just mean we need to say yes more. Yes to girls nights. Yes to staying out later than you intended. Yes to maybe pushing back your studying to the next day so you can go on an adventure. Just not being so rigid in our routines to a fault. I mean, routines are good. Responsibility is important. I'm not saying be reckless. I'm not saying be irresponsible. But you know what? Maybe sometimes a little bit. I mean, I think for myself, sometimes I forget that I'm only 23. I'm so focused on my career, both in medicine and on Instagram and always being productive and also being healthy and taking care of myself and working out and doing this and that and making sure I'm, you know the point that I forget to just like have fun. I mean... The best fun has never been planned fun. You can't plan fun, right? So how are you going to have those amazing memories if you don't let go and let routine go away for a second? I don't know where I was going with that sentence, but whatever. You guys get the point. It's just been really nice. I've had a really lovely weekend, really just kind of going with the flow, staying out too late, sleeping in, changing plans doing what feels right in the moment and it's just been really lovely so if you have the ability to do a little bit of that in the next little bit i totally recommend all right i'm rambling energy taker indecisiveness i will go back and forth over the tiniest decision to be made for hours on end should i send the email should i send the email should I... why just waste such a so much time no decision is going to be make or break i will be fine no matter what so i'm really working on just being more decisive and not wasting so much mental energy over things that, like I say, if it's not going to matter in five days, don't give it more than five minutes. Just make a decision, stick with it, and be confident. I know it's something we all struggle with a lot. I, I would say I'm a decisive person with like a lot of big things in my life. Um, I am, unfortunately, sometimes a bit stubborn and I think it's good and bad, but I am decisive with like things that matter to me. But the little stuff sometimes, like I'll just go back and forth. Like, should I eat this or should I eat that? Should I go out or should I not? Should I drive here? Like such a waste of mental space. So we just got to like let it go a little bit and just relax. All right. Now, finally, the quote of the week. Don't waste your life trying to make a living. Very fitting with what I talked about today and really something I'm trying to focus my time on and making sure that I'm enjoying the journey just as much as I hope to enjoy the destination. All right, I kept today's intro short because I am so excited to introduce you guys to Camelia Woe Katie. She's about to elevate us in all our personal finance game, but also our self-love and confidence game. Camelia is a recent grad of University of Pennsylvania who is now working as a senior analyst at a high-tier consulting firm. Beyond her expertise in all things finance and being a self-proclaimed Bitcoin baddie, she's also a fitness and wellness lover who preaches self-love, body acceptance, and taking care of yourself mentally and physically. We are going to have finances for those who know nothing about it and really start opening up this world especially for us females who feel like we've been left out of the finance talk for much too long all right guys let's jump right into it okay everyone and let's welcome cammy woke katie to the podcast hello hello we're so excited to have you here it's going to be such an educational episode and also just such a fun conversation. I know you guys will love it. So for those like myself who may be a bit financially uneducated to, to be polite, what does your job as a senior analyst entail? Take us through like a day in the life. 
Okay, so very good question. Um, so I work for a consulting company. I'm a management consultant, and I work in the tech and finance field. Um, so as a senior analyst, I'm assigned to a specific project, and we basically act as professional problem solvers. Um, and what I'm doing right now is I work for a big telecom company, and we're rolling out a pretty large project um, to kind of improve their network. Um, so what I do is I manage a group of engineers, um, keep them on track, drive our project to execution. And that also includes managing our investment portfolio for the project and taking care of the data visualization for the project as well. So if you're familiar with Tableau and data visualization um, and kind of some of the coding on the back end, that is what I spend my day doing most of the time. Um, but it's awesome because it is a mix of the analytical side as well as, you know, being in front of people and and facilitating those connections as well. I mean, I'm pretty proud of myself that I think I got 80% of what you were talking about, but maybe <laughs> throughout the episode, I'll pick some more up as well. But overall, it definitely sounds like a lot, but very exciting. And as a young woman kind of coming out recently from college, what is it like transitioning to, I guess, the quote unquote, real job world? And was that smooth or any bumps along the way? Yeah, so I think, you know, if you're in my position, you've recently started work and have recently graduated, you know that the transition is quite difficult. Um, it's definitely trial and error. And it's interesting to be the youngest in the office and also be in charge of people who are middle aged and and um, manage them, um, especially in their field. So again, like I said, I manage a bunch of engineers, so I don't always know all of the technical things that they do. Um, so it was a bit of a barrier. It was a bit of a learning curve at first. Um, but it's definitely interesting. It's something that you learn along the way. You just kind of have to believe in yourself and remind yourself that you deserve to be there and that you got the job and that you're qualified because there's a lot of people that make you feel like you are the youngest and that you don't know what you're talking about, but really you do have all the capabilities within. Um, so yeah, it's been an interesting transition, needless to say, but I'm going on a year and a half and I feel much more comfortable and confident um, and it's just due to staying the course. I definitely can resonate with that as being a young woman in medicine, both high stress fields filled with a lot of older adults, a lot of older men as well. And I yes. think something I tell something I tell myself is fake it till you make it. And what I've realized recently, though, is you're not really faking it. And I like how you put it as you do have those capabilities. It's not about just pretending like you do. It's just sometimes we need to pretend when we don't know it yet but also reminding ourselves that they did pick you for a reason and even if you don't see it yourself someone else did um, and I guess kind of with time we can solidify our own self-confidence in that but I definitely think that's a universal feeling for women in all fields exactly I think too it's you know you can approach it in many different ways there's a lot of suggestions that you should treat yourself like your best friend or you should treat yourself like a small child and you should really take the time to not like hype yourself up, but give yourself the permission to believe in yourself and give yourself the permission to say, yes, I deserve to be here and, and practice saying that. And then eventually you do realize that, again, it's not necessarily faking it till you make it, but it's small reminders every day that help you reframe your mind and gain a little bit more confidence along the way. 
I think it's also just being gentle with yourself when you do make mistakes and you don't know everything. So yes. like you're saying, working with engineers, you won't always know all the lingo or maybe even working with coworkers at the beginning, those first few months or first few weeks, but it's, it's okay to not know everything. No, everyone started somewhere. And I think in today's world, there's so much pressure on getting a job after college or getting into your master's degree after college and so on. And we all know how difficult the job market can be in all fields for people our age. And we feel like we have to be perfect right off the bat, but everyone kind of start at the same place. So I think those are definitely good reminders people to take with them into the out of college world. But something you mentioned as well as working amongst other people who are much older than you, maybe even twice your age and as well in in a field like finance, a lot of older men traditionally. And I just wonder how that's affected you and your environment with your coworkers. And if you've ever felt um, like they've looked at you differently for being younger, for being a woman and so on. Definitely. I think being, you know, I'm one of two women on a team of about 50 people, 50 or 60, depending on um, the different um, businesses that we work across that company. Um, So yeah, you definitely feel like you stand out and you definitely feel like you have to be twice as prepared and and twice as smart and twice as correct all of the time. But like you said, um, there's really no pressure to be right all the time. I think people really appreciate it when you ask questions and when you, again, build relationships with people, right? So I think for me, it really pushed me out of my comfort zone um, to start building those relationships with the engineers and connecting with them on a personal level and also taking the time to learn about what they did, um, pulling them aside for coffee chats and figuring out a little bit more about their work and their world. Um, And then from that, learning how to bring value to them. And again, if you meet people midway hopefully (laughs) they'll meet you midway as well Um, so I think really it's taught me to be more prepared but also to have that self-compassion for myself and to ask questions not to be afraid to ask questions I think being in university I didn't raise my hand as much in some of my classes but now I'm not afraid to ask questions and it's really just taken practice yeah I definitely I really love that advice And something this kind of brings up is this idea of professionalism. And I think that's something that's honed in even stronger to women as well to uphold these standards, which are really just archaic and based off old school, white centric patriarchic principles, but um, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I know you have your social media presence as well, both in the finance world and in the wellness women empowerment sort of world, which Some people may see as clashing, but I love how you kind of combine them. And how would you say that this has worked into your career as a profession, professional in finance? And if it's ever been a hinder or you feel like to um, present you in a unique way? Yeah, that's a very good question. So it's actually interesting. There are quite a few people at work that are aware of my social media presence. And I think to them, it's really inspiring that I do something outside of work um, and that it's surrounded about you know, mindset management and and abundance thinking um, and growth mindset and finance and just getting better every single day. Um, So I think, you know, it 
in a way, it is a good representation. It's interesting, though, because, you know, it is a fitness account at the end of the day as, you know, started as strictly a fitness account. So I'm walking around in leggings and a sports bra or maybe shorts. And so I really had to figure out with myself what I felt comfortable putting online um, and also learn that it's okay to be in workout clothes. Like it's not a sin. It's not like breaking the law and, um, you know, being mindful, but also trying to be as authentic as possible. I love that. I think a lot of it in ways, not this isn't a hard and fast rule, but in ways I feel like a lot of us young women kind of self inflict this judgment on ourselves thinking people must be looking at this and thinking we're so unprofessional. And you know what? Some people probably are. There probably are a few in every workplace, but majority either one don't care or two think it's really cool and don't have any bias towards it. So I think it's just having these conversations as well to, I guess, remind each other of that, but also start changing that narrative down the line is so important. Yeah, and I think, too, it takes self-awareness, right? Do what makes you feel comfortable. Um, You know, don't do anything out of fear. Don't, um, what's the word? Don't mute yourself or minimize yourself to fit into someone else's perspective. Someone's always Mm going to have an opinion, but trust your intuition. If you feel like it's too much, right, then maybe don't do that. Or maybe ease into something, you know, ease into things and express yourself more and more with time, whatever you feel comfortable with. Um, You don't have to present your whole self to the whole world right away. Um, Again, just do what makes you feel comfortable and and stay true to who you are. I think that's just the most important thing. And I think people see that. And I think that's what people resonate with is the authenticity and the passion that comes through on the other end of that. Yeah, I love how you bring up authenticity. Something I've been thinking about a lot myself, I had to do this exercise with my career counselor at school, and he made us write out what our like top five values are, in terms of kind of helping us decide our career path. And there was a list and I kind of checked some off. And the first one I checked off was authenticity. And it wasn't something I had ever verbalized to myself in the past as being a value, I guess I never really saw it as a value. But I think it's something that really infiltrates kind of every decision you make in your life. And I really believe that if you make your decisions based off of authenticity. If it feels right to you, it can't be that bad. If it really feels right to you, to your core, and you believe in what you're posting, or if it's not social media, but you have another hobby, and you truly believe that it is a positive impact on you, on others around you, there's such a slim chance that it can actually be a bad thing if it makes you that happy. And if someone doesn't like it, okay, that's fine. Maybe you're better off doing something else with someone else who kind of sees eye to eye on you. And I really love how you based it off of that word, because I definitely, definitely agree, we should let let that guide us more often. Definitely. Authenticity is so huge. It's it's actually monumental. It's the greatest act of self love and the greatest act of freedom, right? Like being yourself. It's so much easier to just be yourself than it is to be someone else. And imagine you spend your whole life trying to maintain this persona for so many other people. And, you know, with there's so many different trends, people might feel one way one day and then feel another way the other day. And it's one thing to fail being yourself, but it's another it's another thing. It's another pain to fail being someone that you didn't even want to be and not even giving yourself the chance to be who you want to be. So I personally think life is too short and we live in an age now where I think it's it's celebrated to be yourself. So yeah, definitely authenticity is is huge. It's monumental to me. 
yeah, I think a quote I come back to a lot, and I swear I've said it on the podcast so many times, but I'd rather be hated for who I am than loved for who I'm not. Because realistically, people are going to hate you either way. They're going to hate you if you become exactly the person they want, and they'll hate you if they don't, or someone else will hate you. Um, and I think it's it's a good way to to kind of guide us moving forward. Um, but I'd love to shift gears a little bit and talk about more of this finance because I don't really understand it, to be frank. And you have so many great informational posts about cryptocurrency and budgeting and all of these things that I definitely need more education in. So I will selfishly use you in the podcast to share (laughs) a little bit more and maybe break down some hot topics in finance and the stock market, etc. Right. So yeah, I mean, I don't feel bad (laughs) if you don't feel that well versed on it. So many women really feel left out of that space. And that's why I decided to talk about it. Um, And I feel like everyone and their mother has become a stock investor and an expert during COVID. Um, So it's, you know, it's important you get the correct information. So I really try and put that out there. But definitely some hot topics are the crypto space, um, Bitcoin, Ethereum, even Dogecoin, right? Um, So it's a really disruptive and innovative space that you want to learn about, right? Like I think there was a trend, it started a few years ago where everyone was like, you should probably learn coding. And like kids are going to start learning coding in school and like you don't want to be left behind. I feel very, very serious similarly and strongly about crypto um money is honestly everything in a way it's it's not everything but unfortunately it's not really something that you can escape um and right now Mm -hmm. the fintech space is going through huge transformations um where we're seeing this digital shift now affect our monetary system um and not only that it's you know, it's something that you can't avoid. It's it's something that you should be excited about. Um, so that's why I talk really specifically um, about Bitcoin a lot, because it is an amazing, amazing, incredibly perfect in my eyes kind of invention that um, it's just was started. It was created back in 2008 by a guy, a pseudo anonymous guy called Satoshi Nakamoto. So no one knows who he is, but he created this line of code that essentially was meant to transfer value in a trustless way over large geographical locations. Um, so you don't know, you don't have to know who is on the other end, um, but you will know that the transaction's verified and that there's only one tra- transaction being sent um, and no one can really hack the network. It's safe. It runs on a blockchain, which is very important. Um, but more importantly, Importantly, it has its two monetary values, which is actually what gives it its value. So the first is that it's finite in supply. So there's only ever going to be 21 million coins in existence. Um, So basically, it can't be inflated. And the second thing is that it's decentralized. No one person, place, government, group of people can manipulate it and swing it so that it benefits them in a biased way. So no one can also mess it up. (laughs) So... You know, if we look at our monetary system now, we're using the U.S. dollar, which, you know, eventually we we knew that that was going to have to be digital because we are moving in a digital, moving towards a digital direction. But I think COVID really sped things up by five to 10 years. Um, But it's awesome because, you know, no one can inflate it and um, no one can, again, mess it up. So that's why I'm really passionate about Bitcoin. And I I want to teach people about it because it's not intuitive until you start learning about it. And then it becomes intuitive and then even hyper intuitive. It just starts to make sense. But 
what people need is someone to introduce it to them in a digestible way and kind of hold their hand as we make this transition. And there's nothing wrong with that. So that's definitely a hot topic in the space. Um, But yeah, other than that, you know, the market this year has been absolutely a mess. (laughs) But again, we knew that was going to happen because last year it was completely green. Um, And, you know, you can't have a bull market or a market that's green and growing forever. Um, The market is a free market and it has cycles. Um, So we did know that there was going to be a market adjustment. But yeah, those are basically, you know, two hot topics, cryptocurrency in general. But I'm obviously a little partial to Bitcoin Um, and then keeping up with the stock market, getting getting involved in the stock market, opening a retirement account and investing as a young woman and uh, just getting started. So that's really why I talk about it to make it accessible and to get people involved. It's it's awesome to make money. It's exciting to make money and anyone can do it. But the education is kind of missing from a lot of places, from schooling, um, even from parents not knowing how to pass those things down or maybe you're part of a family where there's generational cycles of money mismanagement um, and so you get those traits passed down as well so again it's it's really important that we start to educate ourselves and get interested in making money because you don't have to be money obsessed but you should be money intrigued um, just so you can set yourself and your future family up for success and then you don't have to worry about money and you can spend your time taking care of yourself um, physically and mentally and spiritually so that is why I talk a lot about it. Again, I think I got maybe 80% of that, but <laughs> I do think that it helped. I, I honestly embarrassingly did not know much or still don't really, but even kind of that, that easy breakdown and putting it into words that people understand is so helpful. And I will definitely be looking even further into all your content to learn more and totally suggest people do as well. But I'd love to kind of summarize. So as a 20-something-year-old woman, if I want to start being smart with my money, I should, one, learn a bit more about Bitcoin slash cryptocurrency, two, <laughs> maybe invest in the stock market, ask someone who knows how, three, think about my retirement plan. <laughs> Did I get it? Yes. Yes. So um, a great place to start if you guys are interested. I also have a podcast called The Cheat Code. And our my first episode is called um, Let's Talk About Bitcoin. So that's a great place to start in terms of educating yourself there. Um, and then there's obviously plenty of other resources. But you basically nailed it. I think the first thing is, is being honest and real with yourself um, on what you want in the future. Um, what type of lifestyle you want to live and not be embarrassed to say, wow, I want a yacht or I want to be a multimillionaire. I want more women to claim for themselves that they want to be millionaires or even billionaires, right? I want more women to be in that space. Um, So the first step is being self-aware on where you want to be and and how much money uh, you want to attract to yourself. And then the second thing would be to, again, yes, you're right, get started. Um, Maybe you're signing up with Fidelity or Vanguard or T the Ameritrade or some of the brokerage accounts and opening up a retirement account, an individual retirement account for investing um, and getting started there. The best place you can really get started is invest in what you know. So the first thing that I invested in was Lululemon because I was spending $90 (laughs) on these leggings. So if I'm buying $90 leggings, I can scrape together at the time 
it was like $200 for the stock for a share of, um, of the stock of that company. Um, so that's where I started. But I think, you know, a great place for young women and just young people in general are ETFs and mutual funds. And what those are, it's a basket of investments. So you might buy something like QQQ, which is a basket of all the top 2,500 tech companies. So that would be like Tesla and things like that. So that's a great place to start because when you buy a share of that, you're actually getting a bunch of portions of different shares of different companies and then you don't have to track it as much. So I think start small, um, but get started today and and start investing consistently. It doesn't have to be hundreds of dollars um, and you don't have to be embarrassed if you're starting with just $15 a week or $15 a month. Um, But it's important that you get started because the earlier you start, the longer your investments are sitting there, the more interest compounds on it and the more time you have to make money and grow wealth over time. Um, So, yeah, you basically nailed it. Okay, well, I feel a little bit better about myself. Recently opened my tax-free savings account, and that was my big girl move for the month. Yes, but definitely <laughs> need to continue to take those small steps because I totally agree. I mean, I think the statistic is something like only 2% of millionaires are women or something like that. I could totally be butchering that, but basically the numbers are just wildly disappointing. And I think some fields that were traditionally male-dominated have begun to move to a more Um, female, male, equal, I'm not explaining this correctly, but equal rates of male and female recently, notably for myself, I know medicine has as well as other ones. But I feel like finance is still one that seems to be more so male dominated, and even not people working in it, but just people talking about it. I mean, I have tons of guy friends, my dad, my uncles, my boyfriend, etc. They always know a little bit about what's going on in the stock market, a little bit about finances. And that's definitely a gross overall overgeneralization but from my personal experience much less than the women surrounding me and I think it's this notion of we don't really need to worry about it it's not something that women really do we don't need to be millionaires why like you said why do you want to own a yacht you don't need to own a yacht you should just want to have a nice family and let your husband decide what to buy with it and obviously not everyone agrees with this anymore but I think it still kind of inflicts our thought process and our ownership over our finances and ownership of taking taking ownership of our finances even the small stuff like you're saying $15 a day but it's having an active role in your financial situation because yeah money isn't going to make you happy money isn't everything and obviously it can help it's going to make you comfortable and that can obviously help you have a lot of other advantages in life it's not going to save you but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to create a comfortable and safe future for ourselves as women, as men, as every gender in between. So I think it's definitely something I'll be working on. And I hope those listening as well. (laughs) Yes, I love that outlook. Definitely. I think too, it's also important to realize that you deserve to attract money and you deserve to be, Mm -hmm. to have a space in that field. It's definitely more so a boys club right now, but I do think like every other industry that will eventually catch up, it just takes, Mm -hmm. again, someone to invite you into the space um, and to be willing to talk to you about it and uh, pass down, you know, some of their insights and things like that, give you a place to start. Well, I feel invited already. So thank (laughs) you for that. Anytime. 
So like you mentioned, you talk a lot about the importance of manifesting abundance and just overall wellness mindset, as well as your love for physical fitness, working out and so on. And that's all impressive on its own. But in light of your busy work life, I'd love to hear more about how you find a way to balance it all and incorporate both of these aspects into your life to, I guess, improve each other. Definitely. I think being in our 20s, everything feels a little bit chaotic all the time. So it definitely doesn't always fit on an exact schedule. But I take the time to kind of figure out what works for me and and try and fit it into my schedule as much as possible in small ways and try and do so consistently. So it starts again with self-awareness and figuring out what works for you, what energizes you, what brings you peace and what brings you happiness and being willing to be honest with yourself on what doesn't work for you what is you know taking away from your energy and things like that and and removing those aspects from your life so that you have more time to focus on the things that are working so for me that is taking time to journal or go for a walk or to to do some exercise and to do some mindful movement um, because I know it works and the thing about anything in life is when you start seeing results it energizes you to keep going Um, so I, like many other people, I'm assuming at this point in their life, especially after COVID have had some pretty, you know, down seasons or down times in my life that I've had to overcome. So knowing kind of the tools that are able to get me out of those spaces, um, I always try to keep those in the loop because I don't want to feel bad. So I definitely will do my best to kind of keep myself aligned so that I can show up as a decently full person each and every day I'm definitely not going to be 100% all the time but it's easier to show up and be a human that's at 80% or 90% than someone who's at 30% so I just try and do what I can to be as full as possible yeah I mean you can't pour out of an empty cup that's the thing I always go back to but I really feel like that resonates and is important to remember especially in light of all the things we're talking about in light of being this quote unquote hustler in light of trying to reach financial freedom in light of trying to reach your career goals in light of trying to impress those at work. So on all these things that I feel like we tell ourselves contradict with taking care of ourselves and mean you get up early, brush your teeth and are out the door to work hard, but really taking this time to work on yourself more often than not is just going to translate to all these things just coming to you more easily and you being ready, open to receive them and also you having gratitude when they do come. So I think it's all much more connected than people give credit for, for sure. Definitely. And I think, too, a way to implement that into your life is what I like to do is have a goal each week and kind of build on top of that. So maybe it's drinking two liters of water for week one and then week two, I'll keep that up and then I'll add maybe I'll do a 10 minute walk or something like that. And if I can't handle adding that second goal, then I won't put the pressure on myself to do really anything else. I'll just try and work on implementing that into my life to a point where I don't have to think about it so much. And then it eventually becomes a habit. I think we put this pressure on ourselves that we have to meditate and we have to work out and we have to eat healthy and we have to do all of these things to be considered taking care of ourselves. But sometimes it's it's balance. It's, it's being compassionate on the days that you need that compassion. And then it's being accountable and holding yourself to those small moments of discipline on the days that you can afford to do that. Yeah, I love how you kind of break down both this and earlier you mentioned with investing in stocks into just the small steps that can really start to snowball and lead to these bigger changes. So whether it's just it's 
quote unquote, just drinking two liters of water or just going for a 15 minute walk or just investing $15 a month, those little changes and those little steps aren't negligible and they're still steps in the right direction. And that's all you can ask yourself for. You can ask yourself to do the small things. You can ask yourself to make miraculous changes overnight, not in your financial situation, not in your mental well-being, not in your physical physical well-being or physical fitness, but you can keep yourself accountable to the small things and let yourself build on those as well and not make everything seem so scary and so unmountable. And I think it's just such a great approach. All right. Well, one last question, and you can let me know if maybe this doesn't really make sense in in my words, but taking your finance knowledge, but also your passion for the health and wellness world, your passion for building a healthy lifestyle and a financially stable lifestyle, how do you see it merging all together into your future career, into the future in general? I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, so that's actually a good question for the time. So I'm actually in New York for a couple of months, and I kind of realized that my intention for being here, I'm like in my own studio, I'm really in my own space, and I've been sitting with myself and reflecting, um, is that I definitely want to build a career around educating people's hearts and minds on, you know, fortifying their mindset or getting healthier or being financially literate. So um, I'm working on a few projects. I'm working on a finance kind of curriculum about investing. So stay tuned for that. That'll be a great place to learn um, about investing in crypto. Um, And then I'm also kind of working on like a self series. So throughout this podcast, I kind of talked about self permission, self compassion, self accountability, um, self awareness. And so I'm doing some writing there. Um, and hope to share that soon. But I think it's all interconnected. I think in the wellness space, we think about mind, body, spirit, but we don't consider the finance aspect of that. And again, finances and money, it's not everything, but it trickles down into your life and it does affect stress levels and it affects your time. Um, if you're struggling financially and you have a family, it's, it's going to be taxing on your relationships. It's going to be taxing on yourself. It's going to be taxing um, on your energy. And you'll have less energy to kind of give into your relationships and maybe give to your children. Um, And, you know, there might be some level of guilt or, you know, regret around that. So I think it's important to kind of slide that into the wellness space because it's important to get set up there just like you would with your mind or your you know, your relationship with your body or things like that. So um, I do believe it's interconnected. I'm currently working, like I said, on those few projects to kind of bring them together and interweave them. Um, And again, just share knowledge with other people so that it's accessible. I think that's just the biggest thing. I think it's, it's something to talk about. I mean, I love how you, again, put it all as Money isn't everything, but it's going to help you get everything else you want in life. And I think that's something we don't really talk about because it can be a touchy subject, of course, but something like learning about stocks and learning not only about stocks, but also just about saving, about retirement plans, so on, are things that you have more control over than just the job that you have or the money in your family, the situation you were brought up in. It's things that if knowledge was more accessible, we could all take control over. We could all take control of planning for our retirement, take control of where are we putting the spare money in our bank account rather than just sitting there, putting it into stocks, learning how to invest. It's something that everyone can really do if they only had the education on it. So that's not discounting that there's still barriers, 
but it's something that I think is a lot more reasonable to tackle than trying to give everyone high paying jobs right now. It's something that we can all really start doing. So I think it's, it's a way to kind of look at the harsh reality, but in a more hopeful way. I really like that perspective. Um, and you touched on a really good point. Um, talking about money has always been so taboo. No one wants to talk about it. It's uncomfortable. It's taught that it's impolite, right? Um, and honestly, like valid. It, it is. It can be uncomfortable to talk about. Um, but again, talking about it from the stance of passing on learnings and insights, that's important. Um, don't we pass down family values and you know, different traits and things like that, or uh, different advices across all other aspects of life, right? So money definitely needs to be a part of the conversation because it is involved in everything. And at the end of the day, money buys back time and it buys back freedom. Um, And time is the most valuable resource that we have. So if you can have the affordability to to have maybe a house cleaner when you're older or to have your groceries delivered or whatever it is, then you just free up more time for you and your family and for building relationships and connecting further with yourself um, and maybe maybe some other of your passions. So again, it is money is a facilitator. So um, there's nothing wrong with chatting about it, with learning about it, asking questions, being money intrigued. It's just, you know, important to, again, not be money obsessed, but money intrigued and find the balance there and, and um, get excited about it. It's an exciting topic. And if you're not into it, then maybe just learn the basics and then you can outsource that later um, and, and get a financial advisor or, or, you know, whatever. But Yeah, it's definitely something that more people should be involved in the conversation with. Well, I'm very excited to see your upcoming project, something very useful for myself and I imagine many others. So that's going to be super great. But also thanks for taking the time to chat today. It's been so lovely just to get even a little dip into what the finance world is looking like, what it's like to work in the finance world, if anyone on here is interested on a similar route. But Yeah, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I loved everything that you said. I couldn't have agreed more with your perspective. So it's great to be involved in a conversation like this. Well, right back at you. And all of um, Cammy's links will be in the description. So you guys won't miss any more crypto talk because (laughs) you unfortunately will not be getting that on my page just yet. But (laughs) maybe after reading your new projects, who knows? Maybe maybe it'll be my new passion. We'll see. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. It was such a pleasure to talk to Camelia and I honestly learned so much and definitely something that I need to keep learning because unfortunately I am one of those females who has been left out of the conversation for a little too long. But anyways, I hope you guys have an absolutely beautiful week. I hope you say yes more. I hope you're spontaneous. I hope you make some memories, even if it's just the little stuff. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Instagram, subscribe on Spotify. You know all the good stuff. Share with your friends, support. I love you guys so much and I promise to not be too busy for the next episode. Well, maybe. All right, guys. Bye. I love you.